Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. Good morning. Morning to you. Um, for those of you who don't know me, know me or if you're new, my name is Kai, part of, part of this wonderful bunch of people here. Um, it's a family. We were praying this morning in the prayer meeting and someone said, I just really feel like we're family knitted together. And that's so important, you know, whether some of us can be here, some of us can't be here. Sometimes we're meeting at homes like next weekend, but we're family. We're all knitted together. And um, let's continue to invest in our family relationships. And by that, I mean not physical family, but us, right? Um, Family of God, Badivas. I was asked to share something this morning, and I was given what to share too. (laughs) So (laughs) are you ready? (laughs) Very exciting. It's quite funny because we're going through this series in Romans, uh, and I, you know, love Romans 1, you know, we're bold, we believe in the salvation of God, and I love Romans 12, like we give ourselves to God, we're being transformed, and love Romans 8, where nothing separates us from his love, and, and then somehow I got an email about Romans 7, which is the struggle we have with the flesh. So, <laughs> so but the answer is good, there's a good, good this is a good message, because we have victory in Christ, amen. amen. Um, and maybe for some of you, it's like, oh, thank you. I'm glad we're talking about this because I, I really need to hear something on that. So um, if you have your Bibles, let's dive straight in. Before we get into Romans chapter 7, which all the congregations are looking at today, we're just going to quickly be in chapter 6 for a moment because that really helps us to just understand where we're at. And if we don't know Jesus, where we're at, where we do know Jesus, big difference. We'll see that in a second. Um, <clears throat> but also it sets us up for chapter 7 because when Paul talks about that struggle... Really, he's talking about a believer who hasn't quite understood that they're in Christ, who hasn't quite understood they're empowered by grace. And, um, and as we will also see, sometimes we can be in Christ and we can live in the grace of God, but in our heads, in our thinking, we're still, we're still under an old way of doing things. We're still thinking, I'm trying and I'm trying. But actually, Paul says, and we'll get to that in a second, he says, no, that's a law way of thinking. That's the old way. God has given us a new way. It's the way of the Holy Spirit. It's the way of grace. It's the way of empowering and so it's quite, it was quite interesting for me to look at it, it, it and just think, oh yeah, how often do we forget what Jesus has done? He's done it, but we're still living in our heads, living over there. But there is an answer and there's, there's life that God wants to give to us. So uh, let's start in chapter 6, Romans chapter 6. Um, I don't know what your title says in your translation, but here it says, Dead to Sin, Alive in Christ. Amen. Maybe you remember we had two weeks on um, chapter six a, few, uh, a while back. Um, first part, I think Colin Squires did that very, very good message. And then I think Pastor Clive did the other half. But let's just dive into chapter six again. In verse 10, if you want to find Romans 6, verse 10, it says, The death he died, which is Jesus, the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, so there's been a death, but then there's a life. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Then if we keep reading, in the same way, this is talking about us now, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. I love life, so we'll talk about life a lot today. Count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign. There's a bit of a choice here. Don't allow that. Don't let sin reign. This has happened to you. This is really good. You can count yourself dead to sin, alive to God. And verse 12 says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your life, in your body, so that you may obey its evil desires. No, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather 
offer yourselves to God. Love that. And it's really, I've never seen it so much as this week before where it says, don't offer yourself to the negative, offer yourself to the positive. So this is in Romans 6, we're just getting ready for what Paul's saying in the next chapter. So verse 13, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Anyone glad we've been brought from death to life? Amen. Amen. So we're in that category. We have been brought from death to life. So let's not offer ourselves to the negative, but to him who gives life to God. And every part of yourselves to him as an instrument of righteousness. Verse 14 says, For sin shall no longer be your master, hallelujah, because you are not under law, but under grace. Thank you, Jesus. So here he says, Paul says, Jesus has died once and for all. When you died, in, you know, when you believed in him, you put a faith in him. It's a lot, when, you know, if maybe one of you, two of you have not been baptized yet, that's a lot about that as well. When we put our faith in Jesus, we reckon, so we, we, we understand that he died and we died with him. When he was raised, we were raised with him to new life. So Paul says, we've, Jesus died and we died with him. We died to a life of sin. We don't have to give ourselves to that anymore. Sin is no longer our master. I'm just sort of recapping the last um, few weeks, chapter 6. Death to sin, a life in Christ. That's what Jesus has done for us. Then it says, offer yourselves, from verse 19 again. If we read chapter 6, verse 19, Paul says, I'm using an example from everyday life um, because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves, used to, past tense, in that old life where you didn't live with Jesus, you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness. That's quite strong language. Um, apologies, I'm just reading what it says. So now, <laughs> that's the old life, but now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. And just already, we'll get back to that later. It doesn't say try and be righteous and try and be holy. It says offer yourselves, not to wickedness, but offer yourselves, give yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness, give yourself to God, who is the one who makes you righteous and who makes you holy. Verse twenty: When you were slaves to sin, you were f- when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? That's the old life. W- what did that look like? What was the benefit? What, what the outcome? Those things resulted in death. Maybe you've heard this phrase quite a bit, and I think it comes up in a second. Sin that leads to death. It's the, the way it goes. But righteousness leads to life. Verse 22, but now that you have been set free from sin, so this is the now. We come to know Jesus in Christ. We've been set free from sin and have become slaves or slaves of God. And as we heard a few weeks ago, slaves, it's not how we understand it as, oh, you know, we treat you badly. They were part of the family. Of course, they're like submitted and they're, they're but they're not just servants. They're, they're, they were treated like family when they came in the family in that time with the people that Paul's talking about. The benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. I love when Jesus says, I've come to give life in all its fullness. And this is what he's made available. If we believe in him, we can reckon ourselves as having died with him. When he rose, we reckon we rose with him. That's baptism. And then it says, offer yourselves to become slaves of God. The benefit you then reap is holiness and the result eternal life. Verse 23, I think this is a familiar one. For the wages of sin is death. And it doesn't stop there. Praise the Lord. But the gift of God, eternal life. 
in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. That was a recap. We're ready now for chapter 7. So when Paul talks about his struggle with the flesh, he actually says, this is what it was like before I realized I was, I'm in Christ. <coughs> if we read chapter 7, verse 4, I hope this is too much, not too much scripture for you, but um, let's, let's, let's dive into this. Let's, let's try and figure this out with the help of God. Chapter 7, verse 4. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. We, di- we died with Christ. We died to a life of sin, a life in Christ. Now he says something else. He said, oh, you also died to the law, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, past tense, back then in that old life, When we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passion aroused by the law were at work within us, so that we bore fruit for death. What he's trying to say, and he will go on to that in the next few verses, is the law told me I shouldn't be doing it, but then I really wanted to do it, and I couldn't couldn't gain the victory. But he says, no, but in Christ it's different. But so this is what he means when he says, for when we were in the realm of the flesh. But now, verse six, seven, chapter 7, verse 6, it says, But now, by dying to what once bound us, we've been released from the law so that we serve in a new way of the Spirit. So there's an old order, there's a new order. We serve in a new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. And then in, in verse 14, he talks about this struggle. And maybe, maybe some of you have heard this before. Maybe some of you are experiencing that. Verse 14, chapter 7, verse 14 says, we know that the law is spiritual. Like the law is good, nothing wrong with, you know, it says don't steal. Like that's, we all think that's a good idea. But there's nothing wrong with the law, but I'm unspiritual. Paul says, sold as a slave to sin. But remember, that's the old life. He says, you know, that's, that's when sin had a master over me. That's when I used to live. But it just in chapter 7, he just said, we died with Christ. We were raised with life. I'm not longer a slave of sin. So what he's talking about here when he says, I was a slave to sin, that's the old life, right? Verse 15 says, I do not understand what I do. For what I, for what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. It's a bit complicated to read, sorry. Verse 16, and if I do what I don't want to do, I agree with the Lord's good. So I was like, oh, I'm not doing it, but I know it's right. I should be doing this. As it is, it's no longer I myself will do it, but it's sin living in me. So it's not the new life. That's the old life, Paul says. I can't, like, what, I know what I should be doing, but I can't be doing it. Verse 18, for I know that good itself does not dwell within me. That is in my sinful nature. So again, it's the old life. For I have the desire to do what's good. And sometimes, you know, people want to do what's good, but I can't carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do. <laughs> Talk about tongue twisters, hey? See, <laughs> let's try again. Verse 19. I think, are we, are we following, we're getting this, yeah. Verse 19, there's a bit more free talking later, I'm just, we just want to dive into scripture first. Verse 19, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. That's uh, terrible. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin living in me. Wow, okay, but let's remember, that's the old life. In Christ, there's a completely new thing, and we get to that in a few verses. So, 21, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there within me. 
For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. So he's, you know, if you think of Paul, he was so zealous. He was so religious in a different book in the Bible. He talks about, like, I was the best of the best. I was the, I did everything I could. Like, I was super religious. For in my being, I delight in God's law. I was really trying to do it, you know. But I see another Lord work within me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the Lord's sin at work within me. And I needed to turn the page. I don't know if you do. Verse 24, what a wretched man I am, Paul says. Hey, hey, hey. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thank you, Jesus. Now the positive comes. Are you ready? <laughs> I was ready for this. Right, verse 25. But thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We got there. Good news, right? So much struggle, so much, oh, I don't want to do what I, no, I do do what I don't want to do, and I don't want to do what I do do, and I continue to do it. Then he says, verse 24, what a wretched man I am. Like, I'm trying to do what's right. I'm really trying to do it. I'm so zealous. I'm so religious. I'm better than everyone else. That's religion, looking down and condemning others, but falling short yourself. But then he says, but thanks be to God. He delivers me, verse 25, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. But you know, in chapter 6, he said, when Christ died, we died. When he was raised, we were raised. And for some of you who haven't been baptized, there's a baptism coming up. And I really want to encourage you to, to figure this out and ask some questions. We have Grow Running today after the service and also in two weeks' time when we're meeting again. Just a good place to ask some questions as well. Maybe if you're a new believer or if you know other people who are, maybe they believe in God, but they haven't really made some more steps. And baptism is what that signifies. It means, you know, you go under the water, so it's like a symbol, like a symbolic way of what actually happens. Like you go under the water, your old life died, buried with, with God, but then, obviously, you come back up out of the water. In case you're worried, we do get people out of the water again. It's okay, because otherwise it's only half the job done. So you get out of the water, and you now, it's, it's that, you know, Jesus was raised again, so now we are raised again. And that's a spiritual reality in us. You know, when we put our faith in Jesus, um, in John it says, to those who believed in him, he gave the right to be children of God. And that moment is powerful. It's not just another perspective on your life, or I go to church now. It's not, now you have to be religious. No, please don't be, actually. Um, But it's not in that moment when you say, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Um, Maybe this is applicable for you. Maybe for someone you know. Maybe this helps us share our faith. Because that moment is a moment of real change. Because the old life is being buried in chapter 6. What's the title again? Dead to sin. Dead to sin. I'm dying to that old life. Sinful nature put away with, that fallen nature. And then when we were raised with God, we were raised to new life. And the heading says, life in Christ. And this is what changes. We put away the old and we put up, take up the new. A lot of you probably would have heard the phrase, the old is gone. What's the other half? The new has come. It's a new order. It's a new way of doing things. It's a new life. It's a new life. It's not just a way of thinking. It's a new life. Let's read another few verses. He just said, thanks be to God, you deliver me from that struggle, Lord. Romans 8, verse 1. I'm going to take a bit of Romans 8. Whoever's preaching next, I'm really sorry, but I need to do this (laughs) because it's the good news. Verse 1 in chapter 8 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those 
who are in Christ. In that old life, when apart from Christ, they, people are living under constant condemnation. Maybe you remember that before you became a Christian. I see some people nodding. Um, that's constant condemnation, and some are more aware of it, some others, but in, in, as far as God is concerned, people need help, and, and we know we needed help, and we know other people need help. But then there's a different place. Then it says, there, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Because through Christ Jesus, verse 2, through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Amen? So that struggle in chapter 7, the don't do and do do and rah, and I continue to do, what a wretched man I am, that's the law of sin and death. That's I can't help myself because I have a sinful nature. But as we die with Christ, are raised to life again, there's a new law, and Paul calls it, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free. So there's freedom from that law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do. So the law is, you should be doing this, and you should be doing that, and you should be doing this, and you shouldn't be doing that, and that's it. The law doesn't empower you. It just tells you what's right and what's wrong, and then, then we know that's, that's all right. But actually, then Paul says, but that makes it difficult because I know, know what I should be doing and shouldn't be doing. This is actually, I'm guilty now. And that's the point. But then, then it says, For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, here's God's answer. God did by sending his own son in, this, in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. So Jesus came to meet the righteous requirement. God is still righteous. God is still just. But verse 4, in order that the righteous requirement, there's a requirement because those living under condemnation, that's where they're at. But then actually Jesus, Paul says, Jesus has done something about that. He says, he condemned sin in the flesh. Jesus has done something in order, verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Those who live according, not to the, according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And maybe some of you remember Jesus said something at some point like, I haven't come to put away with the law. It's still good that we don't steal and murder. I hope we all agree because that would be terrible if we start doing those things. But Jesus said, I've come to fulfill the law. And the the nice thing is, if that's a huge understatement, he's come to fulfill the law for you. (coughs) Good reminder for us who know that. Maybe some of us are hearing this for the first or second time and I think all of us would agree that we need to keep hearing that and keep it, oh yeah, that's actually true. I don't have to try and try. That's the law thinking. I'm trying and I'm trying to do it right. And try. No, no, no. Jesus has fulfilled that requirement that the law had. It's funny, sometimes we think we can make ourselves acceptable to God and maybe we think, oh no, I don't have that problem. But then sometimes we still think, oh, I haven't prayed enough. Oh, I haven't done that enough. Oh dear, um, does God hear my prayer after not talking to him for a week? But I don't know if you realize, but that's still the law thinking, because the law is, I'm trying and I'm trying, but then as Paul says, but I'm failing and I'm failing, and then I'm under constant condemnation. But let's not live in that place. If we know Jesus, and if you don't, you, we can change that today. But, if, but debt to sin, alive to God, so we're not living there anymore, we're now living here. Right? This is the place of condemnation, because... It's apart from God. Maybe it's religious. Maybe it's meaning very well. And maybe you and I both know people who mean very well and they go to church and they, 
they're nice people and they're trying very hard and, and they're failing sometimes, but then they're trying again, but they're still not empowered over there. But Paul says, no, 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 understand that you've, you've died with Christ if you put your faith in God. Then understand that you were raised with Christ to a new life, a life in God. And then he says, just read that again in verse 2, the, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So no, we're not just neutral, we're over here. We're not under the negative, he says in chapter 6, sin has no longer mastery over you. But he says, no, 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 okay, let's get you out of the old life and into the new, the old gone, the new come. Let me empower you with my spirit to reign in life. Amen. Who was, if some of you were here, Andrew, a few, met, a few Sundays ago, brought a message about reigning in life through Christ. Um, so this is the law. It's just having the law, knowing what's right, knowing what's wrong, but without the empowerment. It's the old nature's default. The law's the trying and the trying and the failing and the failing in constant condemnation. That's right. And then Paul says, what a wretch man I am. But then, who, who of you is glad we're over here? Oh, I'm so glad I'm over here. It's the place of the grace of God and of the Spirit of God. Paul says it's the law of the Spirit. He just makes that analogy of this is the law of sender, law of the Spirit. And don't have yourself put off by the word Lord, uh, law. But it's the place of the grace of God, of the Spirit of God, where we are empowered. This is the place in Christ where there's no condemnation. So this is the place of condemnation where you try and you, oh, I haven't prayed enough, I feel condemned. This is the place where that shouldn't have a place. You, you don't have to think like that. Let me put it that way. It doesn't change your position in Christ if you're worried, but also it's not really living in the new, Right? Now, I was thinking about this as I was praying and preparing. I think, you know, so many believers, they might be in Christ, but in their head's still over there. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, like, I'm in Christ, and as we read in verse 1, therefore there's no condemnation, that's what it says, for those who are in Christ. So if I'm in Christ, there is no condemnation. But, like, I don't know about you, but so sometimes my head's still over there. And it's like, oh, I haven't pray- I'm still trying, and I'm still failing, and I'm, I feel bad now. But that's the guilt that Jesus put away with. Actually, that he took away from you on himself, put that on the cross, right? So let's not be people who are, that's in Christ, that's good, but let's not have our head over here. Let's have our head here. Paul calls it, let your mind be renewed, right? So this is, but we also read, he says, don't offer yourselves as slaves to wickedness. Strong words again. Where was that? Chapter 6 somewhere. Verse 19. Chapter 6, 19, he says, just as you used to offer yourselves, that's over here. You know, how you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and ever-increasing wickedness. So now, change, there was a change, offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. So there's still a bit of element of choice. And let's, let's stay in Romans 8. We like Romans 8. We like Romans 8 a lot. Um, chapter, verse 5, 8 verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Because some of you might be thinking, Kai, what you're saying is really good. Sometimes it's still a struggle. <laughs> Anyone? No, it's just me. Okay. I've always said yes. No, that's on the recording now. It's not, Robbie wasn't the only one. Everyone was nodding. No. <laughs> that's the process of change that God has us on. None of us is perfect, Right? But the truth I just said is still true. Yeah. Sin is not young master anymore. If you know Jesus, you've given your life to him. The old is gone, the new has come. That doesn't, your feelings now don't change the scripture. But it's that process of, the, the fancy word is sanctification. It's that process where God's saying, okay, let me take you by the hand. Let's walk this life together. 
And maybe where you used to get very angry here, let me just help you and give you some patience and some kindness. And that doesn't always happen in the moment. That sometimes comes over time and everyone's nodding and it's okay. And, you know, the, the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace. That's over here. And sometimes I'm still lacking a bit of that. Then uh, um, that's okay. But then God is like, no, it's fine. There's no condemnation. Let's walk together. And that's the nice thing. It's, oh, God, I still might get angry sometimes. But there's still no condemnation. It doesn't mean I stay in a place of anger. But it says, the law of, this, the law of the Spirit who gives life. So when God puts you here, you're in Christ, you've given your life to Jesus. Great, well done. Thank you, Jesus. And if you need help with that, we can help you today. This is the start of a journey. So he says, now offer yourselves to God, a slave to righteousness, all these words we've heard before. Set your mind on what the Spirit desires. Don't live in the flesh. Don't go over there. Don't give in to the negative. Say, okay, Jesus, I'm here. I need some help here. There's an area of my life here that needs some help. I'm still angry. I get annoyed easily. I'm very impatient. I get wind up all the time. It doesn't mean you're not in Christ. It just means we need that process of change that Paul then talks about. He says, set your mind on what the Spirit desires. And when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, he says, the Spirit produces love, joy, patience. And none of us is perfect. We can all probably also have a bit of patience, need a bit of that. Still means we're in Christ. Just means, Jesus, would you keep working in my life? Would you keep doing? But then it says, set your mind. So verse 5, those who live according to the flesh... So we can be in Christ and we can still think like that. We said about earlier, we can still think we need to try. We don't need to. Let your mind be renewed. Let's be here, right? Let's be in Christ. There's no condemnation. We're empowered by the Spirit. We're not under the failure anymore. But in the same way, he says, set your mind not on what the flesh desires, but on what the Spirit desires. So let's set our mind to serve. Let's set our mind to love. Let's set our mind to be patient. Let's set our mind to be kind. Sometimes we then, we then can think, oh yeah, okay, I'm in Christ now, see what, see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Well, I can tell you what he wants to do. He wants to make you a person of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. That's one more. Self-control. And if you fail to be self-controlled, it's okay. There is still, there is a struggle because none of us is, is perfect yet in the way we walk, right? In our position in Christ, um, we're perfect, he's made us perfect, but our life just needs to catch up a bit, right? But let's not think of the thing, let's not set our mind on the flesh, let's not, not, not think that way, let's think of the new way. Let's understand we're empowered by the Spirit, let's understand there's no condemnation. Because sometimes the worst thing that happens when you fail, is not even God having to help you, but it's the fact that you then think, oh dear, no, God doesn't love me anymore, oh no. But it, that means you haven't quite understood that you're in Christ, and the word says there is no condemnation. But then he says, but offer yourselves to God. The spirit that empowers you, the spirit who gives life. So in that place, if I fail, which sometimes happens, would you believe that? Andrea can tell you, it's okay. <laughs> and I hope that it makes you all feel comfortable to say, okay, sometimes I get it wrong too. We all do, yeah. But then let's not think like that. Let's think... I'm in Christ. There's no condemnation. That's right. But I'm not staying there either. I'm moving to, and I'm empowered to be transformed. Amen? Amen. So this is a whole life's journey. So if someone thinks, oh, coming to know Jesus, then that's the end, that's, that's it. That's the entrance door. Jesus says, I'm the door. 
right? That's the entrance to a new life. We can be changed, but this way of thinking, the laws, I'm trying to change myself. I'm trying to be a better person, and many people in the world, they try and be a good person, but they still live with a fallen nature. But here, we're not just trying to be good people. God gives us the heart, and then it says, set your mind on these things too, so it encourages us to think about those things. Think about what's pure. Think about what's lovely. And then he empowers you to be like that. The word says, we're being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. Anyone heard that one before? Maybe it says from one degree of glory to another. That's over here. So this is a place of transformation. Jesus is the door out of the old into the new. No condemnation. I'm in Christ. I don't have to look back. Paul says, don't look back. Jesus actually says, don't look back, otherwise you're not fit for the kingdom. Um, So let's be present. This is what Jesus has done. I am now not under trying, trying, failing, failing, constant condemnation. I quite like that. Sorry, I repeat that a few times. Because it helps me. This is the law. This is the trying, trying. And you're always falling short. Paul says, everyone has fallen short. Everyone needs this. Jesus has done it. It's your choice whether you take it or not. But even if we have accepted Jesus, we still want to make sure that in our minds, we're here, not here. We're not thinking, I'm falling short, I'm failing. No, we're thinking, thank you, Jesus, you've given me your spirit. You've empowered me to reign in life. You've empowered me. Sin is no longer my master. And sometimes that's that's years of a journey for people. That's okay. And if you're on a journey with that and you're really struggling with something, it doesn't mean you're not in Christ. It just means, like all of us, as we've established earlier, we need some help. And we need to be on that journey. But the Holy Spirit transforms us into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. That's the place of transformation. It's funny, sometimes we, people think, oh, if I become a Christian, that's really boring or something. Or if they think, oh, then I can't sin anymore, and I really enjoy that. But this week I was just thinking about that, and I thought, well, if someone thinks I'm missing out because I can't sin, doing things that are not healthy for you, doing things where God's like, mm, you think it's nice, but actually it's not very good for you. Paul said, sin leads to death. Proverbs says, it's nice in the moment, but afterwards it's really nasty. That's, that's sin. It's really not good for us. It actually destroys us and our relationships as well. But I don't think those people have tasted the joy of the grace of God. Like, have those, if, if you think you're missing out, if you can't be here, then, then you haven't tasted this. And some of us were nodding earlier when I said, do you remember when you lived under constant condemnation, that old life where you didn't know Jesus maybe, or maybe right now you just feel like you're bad, like guilty, and uh, maybe you need some help, right? Jesus has done that already. It's just for you to take it. But, but we don't want to live in that place. It's terrible. Or people struggling with anger and, and can't resolve. Now, obviously, there are different um, things in society where people help you with your behavior and all of these things. You can do behavior tests and then you can get help. But they're trying to do it on a human level. This is the place where the, the author of creation says, can I help you? And it's as simple as coming from here to here, which is believing what Jesus has done and crossing over from death to life and the old being gone, the new having come. And now it's time for transformation. Here people are struggling and they There's only a bit of human help on a human level. Here, the Holy Spirit himself, God himself, wants to help you. So when there's a struggle with anger, maybe, give your life to Jesus. And if you have, then don't feel condemned. 
Just give it to him and thank God for the empowering of the life-giving spirit. And as Paul says, maybe you need to take hold of these scriptures. As Paul says, I reckon myself dead. I count myself dead to this old life. I'm a new creation in Christ. And I don't know about you, but for me always, taking hold of these truths is about giving thanks. Anyone else love giving thanks? Sometimes it's a bit of a discipline, but we know it gets us into a better place. You know what I mean? But... um, but it's these things, and maybe oh, I've struggled or I failed, I was really impatient, I snapped out at someone, no condemnation, let's thank God for that. But also let's thank God, thank you Lord that you transform me into your likeness with ever increasing glory. Thank you Lord that my life is yours, that you know, all these things you can just thank God and take hold of, and that's expressing faith, and it's the faith and the truth that changes your life, amen? amen. So the place of the Spirit and of the grace of God is a place where we offer ourselves to him. We're empowered. There's not condemnation. There's a confidence in Christ. And if we fail, we say, thank you, Jesus, that you forgive me. There's no condemnation. You're faithful and just to forgive. Thank you now that you transform me into your likeness with ever-increasing glory. Yeah? Uh, Our heads accepting those truths. Um, So let's not live in the law. Let's not give in to those things. But also, if we get it wrong, let's just make sure in our heads we understand we're here. Not under law, but under the grace of God. Just quickly coming back to a verse we read earlier, and hopefully that comes alive a bit more now. Chapter 7, verse 6 says, But now by dying what once bound us over here, we have been released from the law and from the failing under the law, really, and the falling short and the feeling bad and the condemnation, the guilt, that's all around there. The sin that leads to death and we can't help it. We've been released from that, so that we would now serve in the new way of the Spirit, and not in the old way of the written code. It's funny. He, and then some people say, oh yeah, then I can do what I like with grace. Oh, you have, still haven't quite understood it. Ah, oh, you've got it. Paul, Paul says in the beginning of chapter 6, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that there's more grace that God can give us? Or in verse 15 he says, what then? Shall we sin because we're not under law but under grace? And it's like, no, by no means. Don't offer yourselves to that. Give yourself to the new. And, if you, and, and if, if you or someone listening, or you know someone, maybe let's put it that way, maybe you're actually enjoying this. And it's like, ooh, but I don't want to let this go. Um, understand, okay? And you're not, probably not the only one, um, even if no one's nodding now. <laughs> Just trust me, come on with me, it's fine. But maybe sometimes we're enjoying sin. But then... Just want to encourage you to just read the word and think about when it says in Proverbs, it's nice in the moment, but it's actually nasty. It destroys your heart, destroys your soul. It's not really good for you. But maybe, maybe one of the things for you that you can pray is, Lord, help me to taste the goodness of God. Let me taste your mercy. It's just kindness and it's, that leads us to repentance. And what we had this series on a culture of grace a, a few months ago as a church. The whole point was, let's not look over there and think, oh, guys, you have poor you, terrible, and you enjoy it as well. No, it's for us to say, okay, you only know it that way. Help me to show you that there's another way. And that's not because we're religious and we're trying to convert someone. It's to understand that they, they have no hope apart from Christ. That if they're struggling with anger, that's what they're going to struggle with. If, and they're apart from God, they are going to be under that condemnation. It's for us to reach out and say, come on over here. Culture of grace means we're, we're in Christ, right? But grace is flowing. Not condemnation is flowing, that's over there. Grace is flowing. We say, come on, come on, let me pull you in. 
Sometimes this picture is being used of a rescue boat when Jesus says, go and find the lost sheep, or we talk about, you know, reaching out to people. It's a place of confidence for us, a place of life. We're also not perfect. We're being transformed, but we have tasted the goodness of God. Let's now reach over and grab someone by the hand and say, you don't have to live in that. You don't have to live in that. And maybe you or someone that you know, maybe they don't know any better. Maybe they haven't tasted the goodness of God. Maybe they enjoy this. But to be honest, if you're around their lives, they will taste some of the goodness of God. And the more they taste it, this, take this in the right way, the more they want it. They want what you have. Not because necessarily you're a brilliant person, but God has put something brilliant on the inside of you and he's making you a brilliant person. Amen. <laughs> this is the place of life. It's the place of freedom. It's the place of hope. It's the place of love and joy and peace. Not, it doesn't mean we're all there yet. It just means we're here and we're being transformed. We're here and we're being transformed. All of us is on a journey with that. And culture of grace also means let's be gracious with each other. If we're not all perfect, it's okay, right? But culture of grace also means let grace flow to those here. And yeah, if maybe, maybe just coming back to that, maybe you're like, oh, I don't want to give that up. But just, just say, God, I want to taste your goodness. Rather than condemning yourself and saying, I shouldn't be doing this, I should be knowing better, I've been a Christian for long enough. Don't think like that, because that's still the law, I should be doing this and I can't do this and I'm falling short. Can you hear how easy it is to think law? But it says, okay, thank you, Jesus, you've done it for me. Thank you that you now transform into your likeness. And if it needs two weeks, if it needs two months, and if it needs 20 years, but I definitely am here. I'm thinking I'm not going to allow myself to go back. And if you need help with that, if you need people around you, there are people here that have been you know, specifically equipped with certain topics as well. And I think I don't have to mention that we all know these things. But if you do have a, something that you're just struggling with, then it's okay to say that. And we're not here to condemn. That's over here. There's no condemnation here. Not from Jesus, not from each other, right? Let's help each other. Let's journey with each other. Amen? Amen. Anyone want to live in this life? Yeah. Anyone live over, want to live over here? Oh, oh dear. <laughs> I like that. Anyone live over here? Over here? Yeah. Over yeah. oh, here? Oh, this is cool. I've never had such a good response when I was preaching. <laughs> let's all stand. Let's just respond to the Lord. Um, thank you, Jesus. And um, I just want to give you a moment, and then, then I can drink something. But I can give you a moment to just think, okay, what have I just heard? Um, what, what, what stood out to me? Maybe, maybe you need to think, well, where am I actually at with all of that? Maybe you're like, oh, actually, I think I live still over here, and I don't have Jesus yet. Well, then, then just ask him to do something about that. And if, we want to ch- if you want to chat after, very happy to do that also around your table. But maybe you're in a place where, well, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm struggling with this. Well, then hopefully some of these truths that I've just shared are being are helpful. Um, maybe you're in a place where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, and I don't really want to live this Christian life. Maybe you need to say to God, can you help me, Lord, to taste your goodness again? Um, and just, just respond to him in your own heart. And I just want to give a moment for that. Um, if you're struggling with something or finding something difficult, could be I'm really impatient. I always get annoyed with people. I'm actually, there's a bit of jealousy in my heart. Maybe you notice those things. Then just give that to Jesus, whatever it is. If there's nothing, then thank the Lord. But, um, <laughs> or help him to show you. No, but um, <clears throat> so just say, God, I just give that to you. Thank you, Lord, that I don't have to try and change myself because that's the law. Trying and trying and failing and failing in constant condemnation. Thank you that you transform me. So it's giving it to God and then saying, okay, thank you, Lord. I'm not living under that. 
Maybe just thank him. Thank you, Lord, that you transform me. All of us can pray that even if nothing came to mind. Thank you, Lord, that you transform me into your likeness with ever-increasing glory. Thank you, Lord, that there's a new Lord working within me, not of sin that leads to death, but of the Spirit who gives life. Thank you, Lord, that we are now in Christ and we can all be in Christ. And, and for those of us who know Jesus, we are in Christ. Thank you, Lord, there is no condemnation. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that a new laws that work within us, the law of the Spirit that gives life. Lord, I want to thank you that we're not under the old order where we're without empowering. We know what to do. We can't do it. We're in the new order where you say, right, this is the way to live, but also here's the empowering of my spirit. Lord, I want to thank you for each and everyone here or listening or at home. Thank you, Lord, that you transform us into your likeness with ever-increasing glory. And where, like in chapter 7, we sometimes struggle maybe or or we, 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 we find things difficult. Help us, Lord, to set our minds on what the spirit desires. And thank you that you transform us. That's a good word. I'm going to say it again. Thank you, Lord, that you transform us into your likeness with ever-increasing glory. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.